Hello, and welcome to this new episode of CIO Leadership Live Middle East. Today, we welcome one of the faces of healthcare IT in the UAE, Dr. Mubaraka Ibrahim, acting CIO at Emirates Health Services. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Dr. Mubaraka. It is a pleasure to have you today with us. And as I said, you're one of the faces of healthcare IT, so I'm pretty sure this interview is going to be so interesting. And uh, there are so many things that I want to discuss with you, but especially about you and your role and healthcare, because everything has changed after COVID, especially in the healthcare sector. So I, as a CIO, I would like to have your feedback about how the healthcare systems have changed after the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what role does digital health play in this transformation? Okay, first of all, thank you, Andrea, for having me. Uh, now regarding questions, how the healthcare system have changed, you know, after the COVID. Actually, when the COVID happened, it led to unprecedented disruption in the healthcare. As, as an industry, we have the greatest need to perform our uh, full potential, you know, in the healthcare, digital healthcare. And that happens that it spurred a demand for the digital health or the digital transformation, especially in the diagnosis area. And uh, the solutions such as the telemedicine that would assess the patients throughout the treatment process. Now, uh, when the pandemic happened, made the digital health transformation something that is essential and a need of the hour for the patients, for the providers, for the hospitals, for the physicians, and which is actually will support also the payers and the entire ecosystem in the healthcare. Now, one of the major things that happens after the COVID-19 is the virtual care, which has actually have emerged tremendously. And it's a significant platform for remote consultation, as everybody knows. Now, for the uh, uh, use of the telemedicine services, actually, it increases 38x uh, during and after the COVID. So we have seen that uh, the venture capitalists invested around $4.3 billion in the telemedicine alone itself in 2020, what, which makes it the uh, leading investment profile in the healthcare, in the digital healthcare. So if we talk about how the COVID opened up the arena uh, for a new use cases in the digital health, it's actually enabled technology companies to invest heavily in the digital transformation. Now, when I say that, because I mean it is aiming for virtual care more. And also when you talk about the global IT, the spending is expected actually to grow 4.3% in 2023. And according to the studies that we have seen, it is now reaching $4.7 trillion, reflecting the commitment that is currently in the digitalization. Now, when we talk about how the digital health has changed, now you've seen even the investment from the hospitals. So the, even the hospitals now, what they have done is that they have actually um, approximately made 5.9% of their uh, budget to be allocated for the digital transformation. So, I mean, this is how we've seen the spur of uh, change in the digital transformation after the COVID-19. And Dr. Mubaraka, how do you envision customer-centric technology shaping the future of digital health? Well, uh, see, looking ahead with digital uh, health technology advancement, 
uh, we see there are going to be having several trends that we're going to be having a positive, you know, and positive, it will be around like the AI-driven diagnostic tools that will drastically improve the personalized uh, healthcare and collaboration between healthcare providers and patients. So speaking of trends, uh, the first key trend that we're going to be seeing is going to be feasible is going to be the increasing reliance in the mHealth apps. So now currently you've seen that a lot of apps now is being introduced in the market. And it's really depending that a lot of the patients are utilizing these apps to track their health. So when you talk about the global mHealth investment or the market actually, Currently, it is being valued uh, about 56.8 billion US dollars. And uh, the projection actually for the market expand, uh, the compound growth rate that's going to happen is going to happen between 10.8% between 2023 and 2030. So that means that the mHealth apps will enable consumers with a complete virtual, uh, virtual experience. And uh, when I say that, it will be more uh, dependency on the uh, mobile apps. Now, the second increasing uh, is the, the, uh, the embracing of wearables for the consumers. So you've noticed that a lot of the consumers now are using wearables, like, you know, that attracts their health. Like, you know, it will actively measure certain vital signs for the, uh, for the individuals themselves. So, I mean, with this, it will enable also the integration that will happen with the digital health records. And eventually it will enable the organizations and the providers to detect you know, early the symptoms and the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've seen that this trend actually will also enable something called hyperalization in the healthcare. Because currently the way we are providing the services is more of a service, but it's not like to how the, the consumer or the patient wants it. So with this advancement, we will see that the, there will be a major jump into the hyper-personalization. Um, a third key trend that we're gonna be seeing it happening is for the Gen Z, as everybody know, and the millennials, which is the youngsters, you know, they are taking over the world currently. We are seeing them that they are trusting the virtual uh, you know, space. So for yeah. us, they will be the first online that they will be utilizing these type of, uh, you know, healthcare services, which is the virtual healthcare services. So we're expecting that there will be an increase actually of how these new generations will be utilizing the virtual care. So what we are seeing currently is around 32% of the Gen Z and 43% of the millennials are opened for, for using the virtual care. And there will be the increase from that side. Now, um, one of the, you know, last but not least, one of the trends that we're also seeing is the omnichannel, which is the virtual omnichannels. This actually uh, is a trend that is gaining a huge uh, consumer adaption, which is that we can see that various digital health tools, you know, for the health needs. So they will be having um, apps that tracks their health, their fitness, all these type of things. So the omnichannels are increasing. And with this, we are actually going to be able to uh, embrace more of digital health uh, virtual care implementation. So if you talk to me, I say, I think in conclusion, and I believe that the customer-centric customer uh, technologies will enable us, you know, and the healthcare providers to deliver 
a personalized healthcare experience tailored to their specific needs. And uh, this we can actually achieve an effective and focused patient care uh, for our, you know, for the higher patient satisfaction. Oh, I think that's amazing. Uh, you were talking about the new generations, Gen C, but I think now we need to talk about new technologies, Gen AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, yes. because... I mean, this is a hot topic. Everyone is discussing uh, a lot. Like every time I attend an event, it's ChatGPT's, Jane AI. But I would like to discuss with you about the potential of Jane AI in health services uh, delivery. Like, do you foresee it making a significant impact? What risks do you anticipate in the adoption of, of Jane AI? And what strategies would you propose to organizations that are planning to implement uh, Jane AI? Okay, um, that's really a too many questions. Question. No, no, this is a very important question because you know when we talk about the Gen AI or the artificial intelligence, uh, it's actually it is there and will be revolutionized. You know, doing like a revolution. Can you no do that again? All right, uh, it will do like a revolution. I'm not good with the uh, this word. I always get this word uh, not correct. So. Um, do you want me to restart again? I will restart again. No worries at all. Uh, what I was, I was saying. Uh, we're talking about the generative IR yeah. or Gen AI. I'm going to start. Yeah. Yes, please. Well, I think all the topics that you were saying are amazing. You were talking about new uh, generations, Gen C, but I think we need to talk about new technologies, in this case, Gen AI, because every time I attend an event, this is a hot topic. Everyone is talking about it, but I would like to discuss with you about the potential of Gen AI in health service uh, services delivery. Do you foresee it making a significant impact? What risks do you anticipate in the adoption of Gen AI? And what strategies would you propose to organizations that are planning to implement Gen AI? Too many questions. <laughs> uh, well, for the Gen AI, or we can say artificial intelligence, actually we see there's going to be a huge change in the customer experience. And uh, actually in 2032, the projection is that the, gen, uh, the generative AI is projected to reach around uh, $118 billion with healthcare spending at $22 billion. So when we talk about machine learning modules, uh, you know, pertinent to a huge amount of data that can, <clears throat> sorry, that can produce diverse contents, which is including conversations, stories, images, videos, music. Healthcare requires actually reliability and accuracy, which is why uh, we are actually now developing specialized algorithm uh, for the medical uh, you know, uh, generative AI. And with this, we are, there will be a promising advantage, uh, you know, advancement, especially in like, you know, I'm going to give you examples like the Google Med, you know, that is now currently has reached 92.6% accuracy. So there is actually a trend that uh, there is a huge focus in doing the machine learning and the data analytics and the software optimization only around healthcare. And with this, we'll be implementing, uh, you know, they will be actually implementing a, G, uh, a Gen AI a strategy, and there will be a huge investment, you know, in the management and also in the analysis tools. 
And we are seeing that we'll be leveraging a large, you know, and diverse data sets areas in the healthcare. Thank you, Dr. Mubaraka. Uh, we talk about your ambition about customer-centric technologies, how the healthcare sector has changed, especially about uh, after COVID, Gen AI. But you are the CIO of Emirates Health Services. So what are the challenges for a CIO in digital transformation, not only in the healthcare space? Well, uh, uh, CIOs actually, I can say that they are the one who's having the major huge challenges in any organizations because we'll be leading in the digital transformation. And uh, the, the idea that when you talk about digital transformation, it's a whole change. It's not only a technology part change. So that is why most of the CIOs are seeing like, you know, uh, huge challenges when it comes to a successful digital transformation journey. Because, you know, the approach is, uh, you know, it has the three major pillars. It has the people, the process, and the technology. And uh, the technology actually currently, as everybody knows, it's a, you know, it's a catalyst for digital transformation. And it's a, it's a stack that will align with the business objectives and the cost structures and the customer needs. And it will integrate it with the uh, existing systems and scalability, scalability, scalability sorry. Uh, scalability for, you know, uh, are also uh, crucial in that part. So what I can say is driving digital transformation by itself is one of the major challenges for the current CIOs. And uh, also, you know, to you know, to overcome these hurdles, we can see that, uh, you know, a digital ambition uh, is would be, you know, to like to speak and tackle these type of challenges when we talk about the people, the process, and the technology. So we need to look at certain mechanisms for each of the CIOs to be able to manage these challenges. You know, like that they should be having a, a, a talent optimization, which is very important for the CIOs, which is automating business processes so that the subject matter expert, you know, to focus on the core functions. And uh, another, uh, another area is adopting a continuous uh, modernization approach, which means that they will need to identify and eliminate the old technologies barriers and the friction points. And this actually will lead into a continuous modernization programs. And, uh, and also a culture and continual improvement in the organization itself. Now, going forward also, one of the things that the CIO should be able to manage is identifying the new funding opportunities, because now we should be moving out from like, you know, um, uh, the funds are coming only from one uh, direction, which is maybe the organization itself. Now we should be able to open uh, different areas for funding so that we'll be able to manage to uh, adopt the huge digital transformation in the organization. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, you know, we need to be uh, ready for the culture change because we have here to have a successful digital transformation organization. They need to establish uh, a change ready culture. Uh, and this will not happen in silos. It will be actually a collaborative effort between the business leaders and the organizations as uh, as heads and departments and like the people in the organization itself. I mean, I'm seeing it going forward. This will be a successful digital transformation which, have, which will happen in any organization. But if that path is not being adopted, I think any CIO in my place will be having the same challenge all over 
and we will not be able to reach the digital transformation we're looking for. I do agree with you, absolutely. Um, Dr. Mubaraka, we were talking about GNAI, but I think we need to talk also about sustainability, especially this year that COP28 is taking place in Dubai. How can digital health contribute to the sustainability of healthcare systems? Well, uh, the sustainability in the healthcare is huge, or I can say a vast. There is a lot of areas in the healthcare that we can contribute in the sustainability. Now, uh, the UAE government has developed plans and strategies actually to reduce like greenhouse gas emissions uh, to zero, to net zero by 2050 and transition the whole UAE country to a climate resilience green economy. Now, going forward, how the healthcare or digital health can contribute in that. Now, we can see like in the COP28 conference that will happen in November 2023, mm -hmm. The government has designed uh, uh, a full work frame for the uh, year of sustainability. So like, you know, uh, for us in the digital healthcare, we can look at the sustainability from the use of virtual care. So what we have done here, uh, we have actually presented the tele uh, telemedicine, which is the teleconsultation that happens online. With that, actually we have contributed and reducing the carbon emission in the uh, in the UAE itself. And that is actually an actual project that happens within EHS. So when the COVID you know, happened, we have actually converted a huge number of uh, visits to be virtual. With that, when we calculated, because we have actually um, uh, introduced a tool to uh, measure the carbon emission, depending on the type of the uh, you know, the vehicle that the patient is, is using, plus the location from where he is to where he reaches, we've seen that we have contributed, you know, in a reduction of the uh, carbon emission hugely in the UAE itself. This is one part of it, but there is another area like, you know, introducing that all your uh, medical records can be, uh, you know, um, uh, electronic. With this, you are actually doing yeah. a huge paperless you know, paperless strategies that we have. And we have actually success, succeeded in the UAE to do this paperless uh, initiative. And we have reached, like now, currently, we have our unified medical record for the whole United Arab Emirates. So all the records of the patients and the customers within the UAE are all under one platform. And uh, like you see in, in, in Abu Dhabi, they have the initiatives which is called Malafi. In Dubai, they have initiatives which is called Nabil. And then we have the overarching uh, initiative, which is called Reality. And for all these three of them, they all actually share the information of the patient's records, whether it was in Abu Dhabi or in Dubai, and all we have under one single data repository. And actually, that is a success that I can say it's a huge, uh, has a huge impact and how the uh, healthcare services is being delivered in the in, in the UAE. So, I mean, that's all the areas that I can see there would be a great potentials if we use it to have, uh, you know, a major impact on how we can do the uh, the reduction of the carbon in the uh, in the UAE itself and be part of the sustainability plan that is happening in the United Arab Emirates. Dr. Mubarak Ibrahim, CIO of the Emirates Health Services, thank you so much for your time at CIO Leadership Life Middle East. Thank you very much, Andrea. Thank you.